This is Pastor Derek Thomas of Living Witness Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Living Word Podcast. I pray that today's teaching blesses you, inspires you, and encourages you to live a life worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. God bless. Our text today is found in the 42nd division of Psalms. It's actually found at the beginning of the second of the third, the second rather of the three books that the book of Psalms is divided up into. For those that don't know, Psalms basically is, is the hymn book of the Bible. And one thing I've learned about hymns is that hymns are appropriate no matter what state you find yourself in. Hymns are designed to tell the story of God's greatness and God's love in the good times as well as the bad times. And as we embark upon this journey into the fifth message in the series, A New Season, A New You, we want to talk about the challenging times. Because everything that we do as it pertains to change brings about struggle at times. We have to understand that the, physic, the law of physics is true and it says to every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. We can't be blind to the fact that in us making the changes to give God glory that the enemy's not going to try to come in and cause chaos. But I'm here to let you know that the enemy indeed is a defeated foe and victory is still ours. Amen. So what you'll find beginning with verse 1 in Psalm 42, and we're going to be dealing today with verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of God's holy word. What you'll find written there, beginning with verse 1, reads in this fashion. As a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon. From the hill Mazar, deep calls unto deep as the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. Verse 8 says, The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. As we speak this morning to the subject, How deep is your love? Amen. How deep is your love? Keeping it real is one of the charter missions of today's young people. Every time you see them and every time they want to say something like, I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real. Their boldness is undeniable because they understand that it's not about appearance in their world, but about the sincerity of their living and consistency between their walk and their talk. The basic theme of the book of Psalms is living real life in the real world where 
Two dimensions operate simultaneously. A horizontal dimension or temporal reality and a vertical dimension or transcendent reality. Now, without denying the pain of the earthly dimension, the key to victory is that the people of God are to live joyfully and dependent upon the person and promises of God that stand behind the heavenly dimension. All cycles of human troubles and triumphs provide occasions to keep it real with God and, and ourselves by expressing our human complaints, our confidence, our prayers, and our praises to him. Now, in our text today, we see a tale of two factions within the city. On one hand, there are the true believers of God who kept his commandments and seeks him in the midst of trials, and the fair-weather friends that God serve him when it's convenient for them, yet persecute his followers any other time. What the psalmist here is wrestling with is, is the pain of the, the harsh words being said about him via the mockers and his heart's desire to keep his relationship with God real and present himself to the master's use no matter the cost. In the same way, we too find ourselves in the same quandary, yet our text today makes it crystal clear to us that we must commit to doing God's will through the good and bad times, knowing that victory will be ours through Christ. And it can be challenging sometimes to do that. It can be challenging because oftentimes the enemy will seek to come through the areas that are the weakest. It's kind of like the, the weather. We went from summer to winter, basically, in the past two weeks. Last time I saw you all, I had the roof open and the sun was out. And I came today with my winter coat back here, you know, and the heat on. Things can change just that fast. One of the mantras in Chicago is, if you don't like the weather in Chicago, just wait 15 minutes because seasons change just that fast. Can I let you in on a little secret? In life, seasons can also change just that fast. And if we're not prepared for the change in the season, we'll find ourselves in a position where we can become sick or worse spiritually. The reason why coats were made for cold weather is to keep the elements out, catch this, so that our bodies can continue to function in the way that they were created so that we don't become sick from maluse or because, or so that we don't become ill from abnormal use, also known as abuse. And the enemy would love nothing more than to abuse us spiritually and to abuse us emotionally and to abuse us mentally to the point that we say, you know what, it's not even worth it. Let's just stop right here. But God renders a question to us, how deep is your love? How involved is your love? How willing are you being, uh, how willing rather are you to be consistent with your love? Are you willing to be as consistent with your love for me as I am for you? The word says as it pertains to God that he loves us with an everlasting love, meaning it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter how great things are going. It doesn't matter how terribly things are going. God's love for us is constant. It never changes. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. But we change based on the season that we're in. We change based on the spiritual weather that we're dealing with. And this is what the psalmist was dealing with here. The psalmist was in a bad way. He was in a drought. He was in a dry place in his life. And the word here lets us know that we have to love God as consistently as he loves us. And the question is big, why? I asked God that question. I'm like, Lord, is your craft in this message? Why? And I'm not asking it because I don't want to give you the same measure of love that you give me. I'm asking why because I don't understand at times how 
you can do it. I don't understand your mind and your word tells me that I have the mind of Christ. But right now, God, I'm asking for clarity. I'm asking for understanding. You've ushered us into a new season. You desire us to be new people. You've decreed that we're new people. You've called us on the BS that we put out there, as we've talked about in the messages up to this point. So help me understand why so that I can share with your people and we can understand your mind. And he said, that's a fair question. I'll give you three reasons why your love for me should be as consistent as my love is for you. The first reason why was a philosophical reason. He said, because shallow values produce hollow results. Amen. Shallow values produce hollow results. Look at what it says in verses one through three. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts. For God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? The question's raised. My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, where is your God? It's interesting because in those three verses, you see the parallel of what I call a Christian and a believer. And believe it or not, those are two different things. A Christian is one that adopts Christ by name. A believer is one that accepts Christ through action. And there are far too many of us that are walking under the name of Christian, but our actions aren't lining up with what we're being called. And God wants us to move past the name game. Far too many of us are caught up in the name game. We want to identify ourselves with this group. We want to be shown as that. We want to be seen as the other. We want to be identified as the fourth. But God is telling us that man looks at the outward appearance, but what I look at, I look at the heart. Because the word says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not out of the abundance of your membership. It's not out of the status of your rank. It's not out of the amount of money you have in the bank. It's not out of the position that you hold in an organization. It's what's in your heart because what's in your heart comes out. If you like orange juice like I do, the only way you can get orange juice is you got to squeeze the orange, right? You can't get the juice unless the orange is squeezed. And you don't know if it's a sweet orange or if it's a bitter orange until it's squeezed. Until you, until you squeeze it, all the oranges look the same. And far too many of us are walking around as bitter sour oranges on the inside in the midst of bad times because we don't like the fact that God is squeezing us in those bad times, but he can't get what's in us out of us unless we're being squeezed. Which means we've got to let God resonate deep on the inside of us because the juice that's deep on the inside of us, the word that's deep on the inside of us is what comes out and blesses other people. But here's a mindset a lot of people hold. If you look in the 63rd Psalm, and again, we want to deal with the hymn book. And the 63rd Psalm is dealing with persecution and it's dealing with struggle and it's dealing with strife. But look at the mindset of the believer, not the Christian. The Christian is the one that's mocking. What does it take all that? Why are you crying out to God in the night? Why are you doing all that crying? Why are you doing all that dancing in church? Why are you doing all that shouting? Why are you up till three in the morning? How come you're not eating in two weeks? They're finding reasons why we shouldn't be doing what God has called us to do. But here's the mindset of what a believer does. Look at what it says in the first verse of Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. 
Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. God, it doesn't matter. I'm not concerned with the circumstances. I'm not concerned with the condition because my love for you is active. My love for you is unconditional. My love for you isn't based on what I see. It's based on what I know. And I know that you never fail. I know that you are here for me. I know that I can call upon you and you'll hear me and you'll answer me and you'll show me great and marvelous works that I know not of. And that's the depth that God desires us to love him. He wants us to love him so much that we don't even understand what's happening before our mind can conceive it and comprehend it. Our heart by faith has accepted it. And as we walk by faith and not by sight in godly love, God can expand and multiply our love so that we can do great and marvelous works that we know not of, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of other people through our actions. But oftentimes people are walking around with shallow faith, like the ones that are being called by names, like the name droppers. Well, I go to Bishop so-and-so's church. I go to Apostle such-and-such's church. I'm a member of Pastor so-and-so's church. Are you familiar with, with evangelist so-and-so and, and teacher thus-and-so says this and that? But can I tell you something? When we get to heaven, it doesn't matter what title you have in front of your name. It doesn't matter how many letters you have behind your name. The only thing that matters is what you did in service of the name that's above all other names. And the depth of the love that you have for Christ transcends the letters. If I have a million letters after my name, it doesn't mean anything if I've not given God the glory. And I've not loved God by letting God's people know just how wonderful he is. We make this thing difficult. We make it difficult because we want to stay shallow. We want to stay at the level with everybody else. But the psalmist is saying here that my soul and my spirit are panting for something more. The deer, as a deer pants after the water, as a deer is looking for something more, as a deer longs for, pants after is another way of saying longs for. Our spirits long for intimacy with God. Our spirits long for a deep relationship with God. And we talk about those individuals that make us feel bad and make us feel like we did in 63.1. Micah 7.10 deals with those individuals. It says, then she who is my enemy will see and shame will cover her who said to me, where is the Lord your God? My eyes will see her. Now she will be trampled down like mud in the streets. Here's the reason why shallow values produce hollow results. Because if something is shallow, it doesn't have the substance to remain when pressure comes. There's a saying that they use in sports, it's a truth in plumbing, that pressure bursts pipes. You know why pressure bursts pipes? Because oftentimes, catch this, the material that's used in the pipes is not designed to handle the pressure. In order for the material to be able to handle the pressure, the materials have to be treated, which means they gotta be put in heat and they got to be furnished, and they got to be furnished to get all the impurities out of the metal so that when that metal is forged into the shape that it's in, there are no impurities there that will expand to cause cracks in the material. God has to do the same thing with us. The pressure comes to make us stronger. The pressure comes to purify us. The heat comes in life to get the impurities out. So when the pressures of life come, we won't buckle and we won't burst. But instead, our love will be substantive. 
and we'll be in a position where we can still carry the good news of God's word through the pressure to get to the people that need to be reached. And we'll get to the point of what it says in Romans 6, 26 in our lives. It'll come to pass that in the place where it said to them, meaning believers, you are not my people. There, in that instance, they shall be called sons and daughters of the living God. So the very ones that want to say what you aren't, God will use those instances to prove who you are. And God desires us to position ourselves to be proven. Lord, use me to prove you in my living. Use me to prove you in my actions. Use me to prove you in my thinking. Use me to prove you, God, that people would see how deep your love is for us by how deep my love is for them. Which leads us to our second reason why we should love God as consistently in this new season as he loves us. And that reason, that second reason is because God indeed is good all the time. Amen. Not some I have, but he's good all the time. Look at what it says here in beginning with verse 4. We're going to look at verses 4 through 6 quickly. It says, when I remember these things, these things being the tears that I shed and those that I thought were my brothers and sisters in Christ that talked about me. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. In other words, it's saying here, I went with these folks. This is bothering me. I thought I knew them. I sat in church with them. I worshiped with them. I prayed with them. I cried with them. I did all these things. And for them to turn around and do this to me? But look at what it says here in verse 5. It's almost like in the midst of that whining, he caught himself like in the movies. You know how that somebody's freaking out and the other person grabs them and slaps them and they come back to reality. This is what happened spiritually. He said here, why are you cast down on my soul and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. In other words, he began to take inventory, spiritual inventory of how God is blessed and how God is moved. And when you have a relationship that's not shallow and it calls to the deep things of God and it moves you through the action of love, you have memories that you draw on. And those memories are like pictures that are in your mind, pictures that are in your heart, that when you're having a bad day or when you're going through a rough stretch, the, the, the Holy Spirit will put those pictures up in your spiritual eye. You'll see them and you'll be encouraged. My fiance and I went out last night and we celebrated our, our anniversary. It'll be two years Tuesday. Since we were both working, we went out yesterday. One of the gifts that I gave her uh, was a booklet. I had a booklet made because I'm, I'm a picture taker. I, I got all kinds of pictures of, of, of she and I doing all kinds of things. And the title on the little book is, 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 is Life with, with My Love. And the reason why I did that is because I gave it to her and I told her. I said, I'm, I'm giving you this because, you know, I'm, it's so, a lot has happened in two years. And this book is just, you know, a, a, a gathering of different images of, of our life and, and how... You know, God has grown our love in those two years. 
And as she, she sat and she flipped through the book, she's like, I, I didn't even know, you have so many pictures. There were pictures that she forgot about. There were pictures that she didn't even realize that we had some shots of. But because of, and, and, and I need you to get this because it's the fundamental tenet of it. Because of love, times where we take moments for granted, because of the love that I have for her, those are moments that I want to capture and remember. Because I'm not thinking just right here, right now. I'm thinking down the line, if I'm having a bad day at work, if we're maybe going through a rough stretch in our relationship, if there's a tragedy that comes and I feel like I have nothing, the Holy Spirit will bring back to my remembrance those images and remind me of what I have in her. Remind me of what we have in each other. God works in us the same way. No matter how bad it gets, God can pull up images in our lives of when he brought us through when there was no way. Of how he made a way when people said that it was the end. When God took that end and made it a new beginning. When God took that new beginning and created a new dimension to bless others. When we think that there's nothing, God is always up to something, so God is always good. God is always in the business of making us a positive reflection of him because that's what good is. Good is nothing more if you take the word good and spell G-O-O-D. The extra O is the O that people say, oh, I see God in what you're doing. No matter how it might seem to you, no matter how frustrated we might get, no matter how hurt we are, we are still ambassadors and representatives of God in the earth. And our lives should still be a clear and accurate reflection of who God is in us. And as we're doing the work of, of loving God through our actions and through our service, he's taken those supernatural snapshots of us. And when we get to the point where we have no place else to go, when we get to the point of when we have nothing nothing else to offer. He brings back to our remembrance through the Holy Spirit those snapshots, just like I did for her. He brings those spiritual snapshots back to life and it gives us hope and it, it gives us encouragement and it positions us to, to be in the mindset of Psalm 71. What it says in verses 14 through 16 is this, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. The, 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 the key part here I want to lift. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. No matter what state you're in, no matter what mindset you're in, no matter what spirit set you're in, we should be always in the mindset to give God praise because he's good all the time. Doesn't matter what you're going through. The fact that you're here and, and able to experience it is reason enough to give God praise. No matter how I might be feeling in my physical body, every time somebody asks me, how are you doing? I tell them, I'm well. I am well because I understand that I function like God does. The Bible said back in Genesis, let us make man in our image and our likeness. That means that we, 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 we have a, a resemblance to God because we're part of the family and we do what he does. If you look in Genesis with the exception of us, you know how God created stuff? He spoke it into existence. So every time I declare and decree, I am well, 
The, the enemy and the prince of darkness has to back up because I'm speaking that not just to, 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 to say it as a positive mind thing. I'm speaking it as a child of God, praising God because God is good all the time. No matter what my flesh might be saying, I'm decreeing I am well because my God is good all the time. Whatever situation you're facing, you can say that you are well because God is good all the time. Doesn't matter what the doctor says, you are well because the Bible says by his stripes, we are healed. I'm not saying not to do what the doctor says do, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the manifestation of the natural healing begins with the spiritual declaration of your spiritual wellness. We have to say that we're well and we have to trust that our God loves us enough to honor his word. I can stand here for hours talking about the moments where God has met me in the midst of me thinking it was a dead end and the enemy was just running roughshod, had it broadcasting in stereo through my head. You can't do this. You'll never do this. You won't finish this. You can't complete this. This is more than you can do. You bit off more than you can chew. You're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. And I literally have to verbally tell the enemy, no, I'm not, because my Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So devil back up. I will continue to give my God praise because I know that my God is good no matter what the situation is. And if my chance is not his will for a victory to be in this way, I'm still rejoicing because it's coming anyway because my God is good all the time. So as a result here, we must give God thanks in everything for this indeed, as the word says, is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. In this new season of being new people, God desires us to not have the negativity. So many times we let negativity dictate what we do. We let negativity dictate how we function, how we operate. I was listening to a message on the way out and the, the, the preacher was alluding to the, the spies when God had the land for them. You know, if we went by majority rules, the children of Israel never would have got the land because the majority of the people that looked at it said, you know what? We can't do it. We look like ants in relation to them. They're a whole lot bigger than us. They got, they got this. We don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have the height. We don't have the, the, the this. We don't have the strength. We don't have the, the military capacity. But I'm so glad that two is a number of witness. And he took Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb said, we're more than able. Not only can we do it, but we got more than enough because y'all must have forgot who we got on our side. You must have forgot that we've got God on our side. You must have forgot that God is good all the time. You must have forgot that God is in the business of making people say, oh, God, that's you, which is what good is. You all must have forgot who we got behind us. You forgot the God that we serve. So not only are we able, they said, we're more than able to conquer and have the land. And as they say in sports, the rest literally is history. They conquered the land, they took the land, and everything went on. What am I saying? I'm saying that God desires us to function in that same fashion in this new season. This new season is, about, is not about what we can't do. This new season is about what God can and will do in and through us. And when we have that measure and degree of trust in someone, that measure and agreement of, of compatible and symmetry between two people. That's the measure of love that God is looking for us to show to one another. 
God is looking for us to go where nobody else is willing to go. For that one that nobody else is willing to go get. To do what's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. To bring them to a better state of life. Which leads us to the last reason why. And I'm done. The last reason why our love needs to be as consistent as God's love is is because God has us in training for our season of reigning. Amen. He has us in training for our next season. Everything we're doing here is not about here. Everything that we're doing here is preparing us for where we're going. One thing I've learned as it pertains to our Christian walk and journey is that we're just passing through. My dad used to watch westerns all the time when I was a kid. He loved westerns. And I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that line in a western B movie, I'd be rich. I really would. You know, it seems like they just wrote this one time and put it in every script. And the basic paraphrase is somebody comes riding through. They usually come riding through slow on a horse. They usually got the white hat on. And, and, and you know, the, the people are saying, you know, partner, where you going? They say, they look down at them and say, just passing through, and they go on to wherever they're going. But catch this, nine out of ten times that individual who was just passing through wound up being the primary hero in the story. Because in the midst of their just passing through, they were able to bring about such an impact to save people's lives, to turn around situations and circumstances that after everything was over, they just got back on their horse and dusted their hat off and just rode on off into the sunset. Because a lot can happen when we're just passing through. We have to understand that this is not our home. We're just passing through. But like the B-movies, God needs us to give A effort as we pass through. We have to understand that this is a training ground. If you and I are kings and queens, which we are, we got to learn how to function in the ways and means of the kingdom in which we rule. I'd be a fool to say if I'm the king of a country, to say I'm ruling, I don't even know what the rules are in the country that I'm ruling. Because how can I rule if I don't know the rules? How can I exercise wisdom and authority if I don't understand how the rules work in my kingdom? God is using this time as a spiritual gym to stretch us and prepare us and equip us for how it works in the kingdom so that we can reign with God and we can rule with God. He desires to give us the capacity to do that, but he's not going to let us do that until we're ready. Each of my boys has been a different journey in teaching them how to drive. And I have one son. My one son, he, I put him in my car and I had a Mustang at this time. Put him in my Mustang, and we, we, we were just driving to the church. It's like a minute away. How bad can it be? Well, we turn right. I say, I'll turn right here at the corner. And we turn right, and I'm looking down doing something. And as I look up, I'm seeing my Mustang heading directly for a tree. So I, jam, I grab the steering wheel. I turn the steering wheel so we don't hit the tree. I tell him to jam on the brake. We stop about a foot away from the trunk of this tree. I tell him to put the car in park. I tell him to get out. And I get under the wheel. But I asked him, I said, why were you heading towards the tree? His response was, catch this. Because I thought that the wheel would turn itself back because it says it's power steering. I said, no. The power doesn't mean that the, the car does 
everything you want to do, you still have to exercise your will over the power to get it to do what you want it to do. It just means that power steering just means that it makes it easier for you to wield your will over it, but you still have to exercise your will. And that's where a lot of us miss it. That's why we're in this training area called earth, this training area called life. Because when times of diversity and drought hit, those are not brought to destroy us. Those are brought to train us. Those are brought to make us and equip us. Those are brought to give us clarity in how the ways and means of the kingdom that we're a part of work. How the spiritual principles of faith work. How the spiritual principles of signs, wonders, and miracles work. How the prerequisites for deliverance work. How our words work to bring about new seasons and new dimensions. We have to understand how to do that because if we don't, we'll be just like my son in my car. And we'll be running over all kinds of stuff in the spirit. Look at what it says here in verses 7 and 8. And I'm done after this. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Prayer is the way that we communicate to get clarity and understanding. And as we get the clarity and understanding, God gives us the, the, the wherewithal to do what it is that he's called us to do. And he puts us in the gym, which is, which is life and here on the earth. And he stretches our faith. And he takes us through situations. And this is where the, the, the trade-off between glory to glory and faith to faith comes into place. We want to go high. We, we want to have our faith stretched so that we can give God more glory. And we want to give God more glory, so we've got to have our faith stretched. And we, ha we have our faith stretched more more so we can give God more glory and if we want to give God more glory still we got to have our faith stretched more how is your faith stretched your faith is stretched by putting in seed be being put in seasons of drought your faith is stretched by being put in seasons of doubt your faith is stretched by being put in circumstances to break your will so that God's will will go forth one of the experiments that I read about in my studies in pursuing my master's degree is the concept of behavior because I chose the behavioral dynamic of psychology as the one I want to practice and I chose it because behavior can be modified based on example and what happened here in this experiment was there was a feeder fish put in a fish bowl with a beta fish and if you all know anything about fish beta fish are fighting fish and they eat feeder fish that's why they call feeder fish and they put him in there so the beta fish saw the feeder fish and the beta fish was like literally okay lunch so it took off swimming to the feeder fish and the feeder fish was panicking like okay what am I gonna do and what happened was the beta fish swam and it hit the glass because there was a clear piece of glass in there and it hit the glass and when it hit the glass it was like stunned like whoa I ran into a piece of glass but then it saw the fish again and it swam at it again and hit the glass and it did this and over a period of days they put these two fish in these two positions and this kept happening and what happened was after a period of time they put the two fish in the bowl but this time there was no piece of glass and a funny thing happened not only did the beta fish not go after the feeder fish but the feeder fish was started swimming all over the all around the place and swam into the beta fish and everything else bumped into and everything. The feeder fish didn't do anything. Why? Because its condition had been changed. It had been programmed through adversity to modify its behavior. This is why it's important for us spiritually to exercise in the gym.
that is earth. It's important for to exercise here because God needs to break our will. He needs to change our behavior. He needs to get us to the point of being spiritually pliable so that he can then take us and mold us and shape us truly into his image from the inside out so that we can rule as he would rule. We can rule with the king's heart. We can rule with the king's mind. We can rule with the king's spirit when we come into the kingdom to, to reign with him. This is a training ground. And this is what verses 7 and 8 were referring to. The psalmist was saying, deep calls to deep, just like the water. Waters have diff- the waters have different depths. You know how it is in the pool. You got a three-foot pool, then you got a four-foot, got a five-foot, six-foot, ten-foot, twelve-foot. And the way that you get from the three-foot end to the twelve-foot end is through practice. You got to learn how to swim in these different levels. And you go to the three foot and you say, why don't anybody want to go to the three foot pool? Because you can drown literally in six inches of water. If your face is in more than six inches of water and you don't catch this, have the wherewithal enough, keeping it real, like it says, have the sense enough to pick your head up out of the six inches of water and keep it there for four minutes, you're going to drown. But to go to the next level, you've got to learn how to master the level that you're at. And this is where God has us in our spiritual journey. God has us, which is what the psalmist is saying here. He has us in a place where deep is calling deep. God is calling us to do great things. He's calling us to do deep things. He's calling us to love harder. He's calling us to give more. He's calling us to do more and to be more. He's calling us to be the blessing in the fullness of what he's created us to be that he called us to be. But we can't go from not even being in the pool to the 12 foot end because we'll drown. But our desire is still there to get there, so we have to do it in steps. And we have to understand that God is training us to reign with him in the deep things of God. To reign with him where there's no veil between us, where there's no separation between us, where there's no breakdown in communication, where there's nothing like the word says that can separate us. That's the mindset we've got to get into. Paul said it best. I'm not going to let height, not going to let depth, not going to let principalities, not going to let powers, not going to let things present, not going to let things past. I'm not going to let anything separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's the type of love that God desires us to have, not only for him, but for one another. I'm not going to let mean words. I'm not going to let slander. I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna let not feeling well. I'm not gonna let not having any money. I'm not gonna let anything stop me from doing what God has called me to do. Because this is my training ground. This is where I gotta do my reps of witnessing. I gotta do my reps of praying. I gotta do my reps of fasting. I gotta do my reps of godly living. I gotta do my reps of constraint to be a clear and accurate reflection of the God that I serve. Because it's only in and through that clear and accurate reflection that people will be drawn to him. Look at what it says here in Psalms 149 and 5. It says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds, which means even in the midst of affliction at times, even in the midst of being sore at times where you can't move, we still should be reflections of who God is because glory is nothing more than a reflection of the source of light. We should be reflections of who God is. When I've had a good workout at the gym, I mean a real good workout at the gym, within two hours after I got home and my adrenaline is shut down, I can barely move. I can barely move because I'm sore. I can barely move because I'm in pain. 
But for those who in your younger days went to the gym, you understand that's the greatest feeling in the world. You know why? Because the pain is from muscle that's been torn. And because God created us to be self-generating, when that muscle heals, it's going to heal back stronger than what it was. And because it's understanding that it might be put under this type of stress again, it's giving a little bit something extra. It's giving a little bit more density so that it becomes a little bit bigger. So that when you go and do it the next time, you can do a little bit more. But you get to the point of being sore again. But you feel good about that because over time, you know, the guys, at least today, I don't know what they called it back then, but the guys, they call it gains. You're getting gains. Now you're getting bigger. You're getting stronger. You're getting more defined. And that's what God desires us to do in the spirit. He desires us to spiritually get gains, to become more defined in him, to become stronger in him, to become able to handle more in him. But we can't get the gains if we're not willing to put in the work and training. And in Psalm 149 and 5, it's saying, even when I'm laying on my bed, even when I'm struggling, God, I'm not laying here crying, saying, woe is me. I'm laying here rejoicing because that lets me know, God, I'm sore. I'm, I'm, I'm sore here because I've trained and I've exercised and I've expended all my energy for you. And you get the glory. So as you strengthen me, I thank you in advance that I'm going to become more defined. I'm going to become more dense. I'm going to become bigger. I'm, I'm going to become an even bigger enemy to the kingdom of darkness. Because you're growing me. I'm gaining wisdom. I'm gaining insight. I'm gaining more capacity in you to make a difference in the lives of others. That's the kind of life that God is calling us to live. Our lives should be at this stage about getting gains. And that's why God is asking, how deep is your love? Is your love deep enough to go all the way out to the 12 foot and beyond to go save somebody? Are you still at the three foot stage? Are you somewhere in between? But the bigger question is, how willing are you to put the work in to go deeper in me? How willing are you to put the work in to learn how to swim in the deeper waters, to how to swim in the stronger currents, how to swim through the greater persecution, how to swim through all the stuff that the enemy is going to seek to throw at you? Because the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, because he's coming, we don't have to worry because God's going to raise up a standard against us. It's like swimming with an umbrella open. With an umbrella open, umbrellas are designed to push the water around you. It doesn't mean the water goes away, but it's going to go around you so that you have a dry bubble to be in. But you got to be willing to swim. You can't. You got to put the work in to swim. You cannot get wet if you stand outside with an umbrella, but you're not going to get any closer to where you're going unless you start walking in the rain. God needs us to be active and be about our Father's business in these last days. So we must resolve to not weary in our well-doing towards others because God doesn't weary of doing well for us. Amen. He doesn't weary in doing well for us. His love is unconditional. There's no condition that God will find us in that will make him back up and say, Ooh, mm -mm. no, I can't deal with that. <coughs> We're all parents here, grandparents here. We all remember that first child. That first child is an experiment. None of us, none of us have an owner's manual when we had our first child. And we all remember the first time we had to change that first diaper. It was like, oh, wait a minute, what is this? How can something this cute make something that smells like that? 
Can I let you in on a little secret? We look past the smell because of the love we had for what created it and because of the potential that what was created held to make an impact. Our sin is like that care package our baby left for us. And God cleans us up every day. God doesn't back up and say, oh, wait a minute. What kind of sin is that you made? Because he loves us so much that he's willing to give us chance after chance because he knows the potential that we all have. How deep is your love for him? Are you willing to look beyond the faults of others for the sake of meeting the need for his glory? If not, take a closer look at how, good, how God loves you. And then go and do likewise as it pertains to you loving others. Amen? Amen. We thank and praise God for his word on today. And we thank and praise God for making us doers of his word and not hearers only. I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin, I ask you into my heart, and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time, this is Pastor Derek Thomas encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.